Have you ever heard of someone talking about running their business in terms of keeping all the balls in the air? Now, I can't juggle, but I can certainly relate to the feeling of running a business that can seem like a circus. So how can one person keep all those balls in the air? How can a solopreneur or an entrepreneur who's running things by themselves, how do they keep all those balls in the air at the same time? In episode 14 of Up and to the Right, I'll share my five moleskin notebook hack, how I set it up, and how I work with it to run my business. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Stephen Krause here with Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action that empowers you to create your unique impact. This is not a podcast with ambiguous buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about proven business principles and practical tips to apply them in your unique way. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right, all one word. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. There has been a break between uh, podcast episodes, and uh, after reviewing what we were doing before, I looked at it and said, well, there's a few things I think are missing, and I wanted to add some some uh, items to the format. So... Uh, the first thing is a news segment. So I wanted to talk a little bit about something in the news that's related to small business and maybe provide some quick thoughts on that. Nothing big, nothing long, not going to not gonna lengthen the, the length of the podcast too much with that. But I did want to comment on things that are, are topical at the time. Uh, the next segment I wanted to add is one I'm calling Breaking the Buzz, which is, as I, as I mentioned in the intro, um, this is not about buzzwords. And I'm actually going to have a segment where we talk about a buzzword we, I talk about what it what people mean when they say it and break it down into into just regular plain English and um, uh, so that when you hear it, when people are talking about it, uh, you can relate to it and say, okay, yeah, I know what that I, I know what they're trying to say. Um, honestly, usually when people are using buzzwords, uh, typically it's um, they're, they're just trying to to sound you know they're just trying to sound good, honestly. and uh, you don't need that to run a good business. So we're going to break those down and uh, provide you some good definitions for what those mean. Uh, last but not least, I am starting to work on some special segments with um, what will be guest speakers or guests on the show, and uh, we'll bring them in for specific uh, topics. Uh, some examples that I'm, I'm working on right now, we don't have anybody this week, uh, but I am working on setting some things up for uh, items like uh, customer relationship management, CRM. And uh, I'm also working with a partner to do a marketing uh, segment. So I thought that would be, be uh, those would be some good segments to add to the show. And uh, we'll, we'll be doing that in the future. So the first thing I want to talk about is in the news. And in the news this week, I found a report, or actually this comes from an article on Inc.com. And there will be a link to the article in the show notes. Uh, and the Kaufman Foundation released a study this month that uh, there was a, a report basically of a survey of 2,000 entrepreneurs. And uh, it turned out 79% of owners received no help from the government. And 60% of owners believe the government is more focused on big business than small business. And it's, it's pretty easy to see that perspective. I mean, we, we hear a lot about the big companies lobbying Congress. We hear a lot about what big companies are doing in the news. And you don't hear 
what Mary's Cookie Shop is doing or um, what uh, uh, Joe's Garage is doing. Uh, and naturally, on national news, most of those things are are not um, big enough to end up on on a on a major news network. But it does leave us, those of us who run smaller companies, uh, feeling kind of left out in the cold. So yeah, I can relate to that sentiment. Um, however, when you turn it around, ironically, less than half of the companies actually even contacted the Small Business Administration or tried to get a loan through the government. Um, so while we don't believe that we're being helped, we aren't actually getting help that's available. There's there's help out there that we're not uh, that we're not uh, availing ourselves of. And so while uh, and part of it is I blame the government is bad at marketing. You know we're not getting the word out, and we're not we're not sharing with small businesses what is available to them. And so there are quite a few resources that that you can go out and get uh, help in your business for free. And I'm going to put two links in the show notes. Uh, one uh, is to the SBA uh, funding programs link or funding programs page. And one is for uh, a 10 steps to start your business. One of the questions I get asked as an advisor uh, very frequently is, how do I get started? And um, I'm happy to sit down with anybody and talk to them about it. But how you get, you know, there are resources out there that can help you get started uh, just at the Small Business Administration. So, so I just wanted to mention that those resources are available and there are many more. Um, you know, the Small Business Administration has several programs to help uh, local businesses. So you can actually go in the offices, get counseling, get assistance on specific topics, and uh, help move your business forward. So the Breaking the Buzz segment this week, we're going to talk about the word scalable. And what does it mean when somebody's, you're talking to somebody in, in, their, in, a, in a networking event or just uh, over, over coffee or whatever, and they say that they have a scalable product? And what it means is that they have a product that requires a great deal of work up front, okay? And then when they get to production, the cost of production is relatively low. The cost of production and delivery is relatively low. So if you can imagine maybe um, a software package, or you can uh, think maybe about uh, an online course or a book that you might write. All of those things take a great deal of, of upfront work, but then the delivery of that product, uh, whether it's an ebook or a software uh, program or an online course, the delivery of that product and the cost of the materials used is very, very low. In the case of software now, uh, we have digital download. There's no cost of goods. Um, there's certainly cost of infrastructure, but there's no cost of goods sold. And in terms of online courses or books, it's the same thing. An ebook, it, there's no uh, cost of goods. And in an online course, once it's once it's built, you deliver it repeatedly, and um, there's no uh, incremental cost every time you try to sell it. So that's what we're talking about. Is something that takes a great deal of upfront work. But uh, in delivery at, to the customer, you can deliver many, many, many uh, versions of that product or many, many uh, copies, if you will, of that product at very low cost. Now, one thing that when people talk about scalability, um, 
I think they tend to forget that you still have to do a tremendous amount of marketing because you still have to get the word out. You have to say, hey, we have this software that meets this need in the marketplace. Or I have this online course that will help you with um, running your business or help you become a better knitter or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, I've written this book about this subject, whether it's a fiction book or a nonfiction book. If people don't hear about it, you're not going to sell any of them. So marketing hasn't changed. And growing a business, uh, you know, in general may not meet this standard for what people call scalability. But honestly, it's a buzzword. It's a buzzword. I don't, I don't think we even care about this word scalability. Um, growth is the key. And, and it's the path to growth that you care about. It's, it's how are you going to get there that matters. And if it's a high-intensity front-end piece of work or you are handcrafting every single product that goes out the door, it doesn't make any difference. It's understanding how you're going to get from selling two of them to selling 2,000 of them or 200,000 of them. It's, so, so that's what I want the takeaway to be here is that you need to understand your path to growth. You don't need to, uh, and, and scalability is, is largely a myth in any way because if you think about it, okay, I've developed this great piece of software. It took me a lot of, well, it took me three years to develop this great piece of software. I'm ready to launch it and I put it out there. What am I doing the next day? I haven't retired. I'm working on version two. That's, that's it. I'm working on version two. There's no, there's no, um, I've scaled my product and now I don't have to do any work. It's so, so this whole idea of we've got this huge development on the front end and then it's, it's, um, easy street the rest of the time, uh, is completely untrue. It, the, the, so the scalability portion of this, the idea that you have this rapid growth Yes, maybe you do have rapid growth, but you immediately are back in, in, in the trenches building out version two, and you are immediately in the trenches with marketing and customer service and customer fulfillment. And all of those things are, are just, um, they're just going to happen. Well, you're going to have to make them happen, whether your product is, is, uh, like I said earlier, if it's handcrafted one at a time, or if it's if it's uh, you know something that you can you can make one and it takes you a long time to develop it and then you deliver it many times, it still has to be dealt with from the point of understanding what the growth path is and making that happen. So the intensity upfront work for a quote scalable uh, business, it just starts over again. So you're back into the development process. So I think that, that uh, I hope that kind of clarifies a little bit about the, the term that people use when they talk about scalability and, um, and gives you some idea that, that maybe the most important thing to understand is not so much these, the buzzword as what is your path to growth. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Hitting the books this week, I want to talk about a book called Small is the New Big by Seth Godin. And um, if you've if you've listened to the podcast before, you probably know that uh, I've I've recommended a, a number, uh, at least one or two books by Seth Godin in the past. Um, this particular one is a collection of his blog posts and articles. It's just a, an assembly 
of great tips and great thoughts about business for business owners. And some will be practical for you and some won't. Some won't fit your business. Some won't fit your situation. And that's that's totally okay. Um, still very much worth the read. Seth Godin reads all his own books. He's very entertaining. Um, I have a great time listening to him. And he gets to the point, which is something about... Uh, uh, business books that I really, really appreciate when they're not, uh, when the author doesn't feel like they have to go on and on and on to support uh, what they're trying to say. So my my five moleskin management hack, what is that about? Well, when I, I, I've been running businesses for a long time and I've gone through so many management mechanisms, mechanisms, and, uh, you know, from, from to-do lists to calendars to uh, just the software programs. And you can take a to-do list and write down the things you think you need to get done, whether you use Dash Plus, you know, on a paper notebook, or you're using, um, you know, my current favorite right now is Todoist um, in terms of the uh, electronic apps. And... Uh, you can you can use those to make sure you get your tasks done. But what about the creation process? How do you document and work through your thought process when you're trying to create value for your business? Um, when you're trying to create a new program, when you're trying to create a new product, when you're trying to uh, develop the next, uh, way of adding value, the next customer service advantage, uh, you know, where do you write down your, your um, ideal customer? You know, where do you put all of this stuff together? And uh, so I came up with this system. I said, finally, I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate a notebook to each major topic area that I feel like I need to spend time on in my business. And so I got, you know, cashier's journals uh, for Moleskin. They're, they're, uh, they come in, I think, a three-pack. Um, they come in different colors, although I have decided that that's probably not valuable. I did get some red ones and some gray ones and some beige ones. Um, and I was thinking that I was going to use some kind of color coding to, to organize it. Uh, that fell away. I, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to get the plain brown ones from now on, and that's going to be it. Um, but the, the, the topics I felt like I needed to cover were, uh, sales and marketing, operations and production, product development, finance and accounting, and HR and facilities. And th those are the functions that I felt were important to beyond 50%. And, but there are functional areas that, that you may have in your business that, that are very important, that are core to the, to what you need to do, to, you know, central to how you need to operate, uh, that may have nothing to do with what I just talked about. And, and that's okay. It's not about the topics per se. It's about having, um, a place where you can rely, a place you can rely on to keep notes and thoughts and creative ideas that, uh, is accessible to you. And so, you need to go through and identify the major business areas that you need to keep that when we talk about the balls in the air, what major business areas would you label those balls with and identify those and create some notebooks. And in the, in the show notes for the page, I did, uh, I took some pictures of, uh, 
picture of my notebook set. And I also, uh, you know, I took another picture of just any notebooks. It doesn't matter what kind of notebooks you use. I like moleskins, um, and I'm waiting for them to sponsor the show, but I haven't heard from them yet. But uh, the, you know, you can use uh, leftover notebooks from your kid's education. You know, if you've got leftover, uh, how many how many of you have in your basement or wherever uh, notebooks from uh, third grade? You know, where you have, uh, where your kids went through school and they're still three quarters of the notebook is perfectly good. And so just rip out the part that's not, that's not helpful. And, uh, you know, all those homework assignments or whatever, and use up that notebook. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to cost anything. You know, you can use what you have on hand. Um, then you label them and, uh, and start working. So I, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about each of these notebooks and why I made the decisions that I did. So the other thing I added on each notebook is uh, two things. One is the percentage of time that I wanted to spend on that activity roughly. And then I use a one of those black binder clips to clip the pages that are uh, not active. So that doesn't mean I'm going to throw them away, but it means that I'm, I'm no longer actively using them for, for what I'm working on right now. But I want to have them available for reference in case uh, I want to look back at it. So let's talk a little bit about my sales and marketing notebook. Um, obviously, sales and marketing is a huge part of any small business. And I decided that right now in my business, I need to spend about 50% of my time working on sales and marketing, generating um, new leads, advertising, working in social media, cold calling, newsletters, emails, customer relationship management, and web updates, all of that kind of thing. 50% um, of, of the management business, management of the business needs to be around that. And that may sound like a terribly high number to you, but we have to fill the pipeline. We have to get those new leads in order to have a sustainable operation. So it is really, really important that we that we manage that. Okay, so the second notebook I did was operations and production. And this is where I brainstorm podcast notes. Um, I do video storyboarding. I work on customer projects. I do, I put research notes in it uh, and uh, notes where I'm working directly with customers in coaching and advising roles. And that one I put at about 30%. It's the next most important thing that I want to be doing, which is arguably, you know, what I'm in business to do, right, is to, to work with those specific people and really drive home valuable principles that will help them uh, do their best work. Uh, so that's the next one that I built out. Then I said, okay, what's next? Well, product development is important. So I said 10% of my time I want to spend on product development, creating new product ideas, um, putting notes together uh, about the new products. And, you know, half the pages may never be available at beyond 50%. We may, we may decide, you know, these are dumb ideas, but I write them down and I keep them and I work on them. And, and uh, I've got a, an idea about a, a weekly video segment that I may do. So, uh, you don't have to have 100% great ideas. You just have a place though where you can put whatever you can down and whatever you think of, and you can work on those things. You can, uh, to use the vernacular, the buzzword, if you will, you can 
iterate, which means you can work on it a little bit, see how customers respond, see how your market responds to what you've done, and then take that response and change your product to meet the new demand or meet the new expectation. Uh, and so uh, you, can, you can write all that stuff down. The next thing is finance and accounting. Now, I put finance and accounting at about 5%. Um, for my business, uh, I don't need to spend a whole lot of time dealing with um, either one. I have to have my accounts straight for my accountant at the uh, end, of, end of quarters, end of years. Uh, and, um, you know, since I'm not looking for specifically for funding, I don't spend a lot of time on financing activities. But that could change. If, if for example, let's say in, in the case of... Um, uh, a small business owner who's saying, no, my, my, right now I've done my product development. So my, my product development time is going to be 5% and I don't have any production and operations because I don't have any money to do it. So I need funding. So 40% of my time is going to be spent uh, on funding activities. And so the whole thing is variable depending on where you are in your business and how much time you need to spend doing the activity that makes the most sense for you at that time. Okay. And finally, the last notebook I put together was uh, HR and facilities. And for me, uh, for beyond 50%, uh, we don't have a lot of, of overhead. We don't have huge facilities. Um, you know, the uh, uh, equipment and uh, facilities we do need are very, very easy to manage. And so, you, but you do need to look on at what your needs are and say, you know, for example, how do you develop your team? Well, there's tons of business information about developing your team. I just finished a book called uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek, um, which is fantastic, but it's not the book this week, but it'll probably be a book another week. Um, but if you want to get ahead of everybody else, you can go out and pick that one up on Audible, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so the... Uh, you know, how are you, uh, how are you developing your team? What, what are you putting in place for your team? Do you need, uh, are you in a position where you need to offer health insurance or do you need to review some different health insurance options? Do you need to look at the new tax law and how it relates to the impact on your, on your team? Um, you know, all of those things matter. What, what, uh, human resources issues do you have? What training is required for your team? Uh, what safety requirements do you have? You may be in a position where you need an OSHA notebook. You know, you may have safety, a factory floor where you have to, where OSHA and safety are a, a significant concern for your business and you may add a notebook for that. So the idea is uh, that these things are absolutely practical on the ground tools that you can use right away to start tracking your creative thoughts, not just your to-do list, your creative thoughts. And you can take notes, you can jot ideas, you can list actions. I list actions in my notebooks all the time. Um, and if I fix them, if I do them right away, if you're a, a, a fan of um, getting things done, um, that methodology, if I can do it in two minutes or three minutes or so, I mark it off using the Dash Plus system, which I've talked about before. Um, and you can Google Dash Plus and you'll, you'll find um, uh, it's basically a paper-based method for uh, doing to-do lists. And I do that in these notebooks. And if it's done in 
two or three minutes, I mark it off and, and move on. Um, otherwise, I generally do move the activity to Todoist, to uh, an electronic to-do list manager, just so I don't lose track of things because you can put reminders and stuff like that in the in the Todoist or uh, in other, you know, any number of the to-do apps that are out there. Uh, pick your favorite. Um, so you can list your action items. Um, I think the binder clips are great because they easily hold completed pages. And, uh, you know, you'll see those in the pictures if you look on the website. Um, and then you can take them anywhere. Uh, you know, I, I throw them in my backpack. If I'm meeting a client and I'm early, I have them, I can brainstorm. If I stay late, I can brainstorm. If I'm at a coffee shop because it's too noisy in the office, I have them. Um, so it's just a simple way. This is not rocket science, and 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 you don't even know how to need to know how to how to juggle. Um, but it's a simple way to keep track of your notes and your brainstorming activities in specific areas of business management that really matter to you. So, what about electronic alternatives? And and the first thing I'll say is there is strong evidence that writing by hand helps clarify your thinking and aids your creativity. And in the show notes, there's there are two articles, one from Forbes and one from Psychology Today, that uh, kind of go through this a little bit if you're interested. But the bottom line is, absolutely, there are digital methods of documenting things. Um, Evernote, I use Evernote every day. My notes for this show, uh, in terms of my outline, is written in Evernote. My scripts for the videos that I do are all done in Evernote. So I, I certainly use it and I have a place for it. But my original idea for, for example, this particular podcast, I have a half a page of notes in, an, in, a, uh, in my production and operations moleskin. And uh, that gave me the clarity it took for me to put together the notes that I'm using, the outline that I'm using in Evernote. And mostly I write down the stuff in Evernote because it's easier for me to read my writing on the fly uh, if, it's writ if it's typed than it is if I'm trying to read my terrible handwriting that I scribble in a notebook. Um, it just makes the recording process much more fluid. So absolutely, there's Evernote, Google Docs, Word, Omni Outliner, Microsoft Project, you, you name it. The list goes on and on in terms of what you know, the kinds of electronic alternatives uh, that we have out there. Google Keep is another one. Um, and I have no problem with, with any of those software packages. I've used many of them, um, but they don't have the same uh, effect for me. I'm, I'm much more able to uh, uh, have that creative workflow when I'm writing with a pencil. That's, that's so that's, you, know, you absolutely can do it. It doesn't... Um, I'm not suggesting that you can't do this digitally, um, and I'm I've I've talked about this before. Um, but if I could find a stylus that would work on my iPad and, and that I was satisfied with, I would be more than happy to try and shift to a completely digital solution. Um, but right now, writing is too important to me to give up to use um, the solutions that are currently available. So absolutely, you can use them. Uh, whatever works for your creative process is what I would suggest you go with. And uh, whether that's notebooks or a whiteboard, maybe you keep a whiteboard right behind your desk and you do all of your brainstorming right there. That's cool. 
It doesn't matter. Um, those are actually easy to document. I mean, you don't have to have one of the fancy scanning ones. All you have to do is turn around and take a picture of it with your cell phone and, and uh, keep a, a folder of those photos. Um, you can even throw those in Evernote if you want to. You know, it's easy. Um, so there are lots of ways to create um, something that's very similar to what I'm talking about that, um, that works with your workflow, that works with the way that you uh, are best creative. Uh, and so the tools that I use, like I said a little bit earlier, Moleskine cashiers, notebooks, or journals, that's it, simple. 0.07 mechanical pencils because I like them, those black binder clips that you can get uh, at any office supply store, and file folder labels. And honestly, you don't even need the file folder labels because you can write right on the outside of the, the, the notebook and, and be done with it. Um, and uh, the binder clips, you could replace that with folding the pages. If any of you guys uh, out there remember the old day runner, um, uh, or not day runner, the old day timers, um, you had uh, pages that you could, you could uh, they were perforated in the corner and you could tear off the, the pages, uh, that little corner so that you could know exactly what day you were on. You could fold the pages over in your notebook and you would know what day you're on, all right? Or what projects you were working on or not working on. Um, you could put different colored sticky notes. It doesn't matter. You have lots of options in, in terms of how does it work for you. So that's where I kind of want to leave it. We, like I said earlier, we don't have a special segment this week, but um, I am looking into a few uh, interview opportunities and I hope to get them going pretty soon. Uh, before I go, I wanted to let you guys know that I'll be live streaming the Up and to the Right podcast soon. And uh, I'll be updating the homepage at beyond50percent.com with more information when I get closer. I haven't decided entirely what platform I'm going to start with. Eventually, I would like to do Facebook Live and Google Plus, or I'm sorry, YouTube Live. Um, but we may also uh, look into um, uh, Periscope, and there are a few other platforms that we may uh, that we may try out. Uh, we're still getting the gear together and organizing the the studio a little bit for uh, video or for live video versus the um, the uh, canned videos that I do. Uh, for the introductions to to the podcast and and for the the website, so looking forward to that. Um, you know the the audio stuff. I've been doing audio work uh, from the 1980s uh, to now. I uh, so I'm familiar with microphones and mixers and compressors and all of the stuff that we use to put together a, a podcast in this day and age. Um, and photography, I, I enjoy photography. I've been doing uh, still photography a lot. I'm relatively new to video, but, uh, but I've uh, really enjoyed the process of getting through and doing the videos. In fact, it's one of the things I, I enjoy the most about doing the podcast is, is doing the, the front-end video work. Uh, but live stream video is something that I'm completely new at. And so I'm really excited to, to try it out. Um, uh, well, you guys will, I will still edit the final podcast, but whoever's on the live video will see whatever I do wrong, you know, the coughs, the, the mistakes of whatever. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that, um, how that unfolds. 
So thank you very much for spending your time with me today. If you've enjoyed this episode of Up and to the Right, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to visit http colon forward slash forward slash b50p.info forward slash uattr014 to get the show notes for this episode, along with any downloads or other resources that were mentioned. Um, mostly it was a, a, a few links this week. And you can contact the show at go.beyond at b50p.com. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.